Welcome to the Zenith Hour podcast, where we discuss what defines success and what it takes to achieve that. In this podcast series, we invite industry leaders to discuss their journey and the challenges they face along the way. I'm your host, D. King, the founder and CEO of Zenith Trading. This is going to be a third episode for the Zenith Hour podcast. I have my friend Han here who owns an e-commerce business. He's been in the business for a few years now, and he's also part of Zenith. The title of this episode is called Zero to 20 Million in Annual Sales. Han can go over it later, but he's basically brought a business from zero to hero. It's an insane amount of growth. I actually met Han three years ago, almost four actually, uh, back in like 2017, 2018. And it, it's been crazy for him since. Love to have you on here. Thank you for, for joining us. We can get started just introducing yourself, letting us know who you are, what you do. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, so my name is Han. I run a uh, beauty brand. It's called Four Sheiks. I don't know if you guys know about it. It's in the personal care cosmetic space for women. I started around mid-2016 with uh, affiliate marketing. I was selling like other brands, products, you know, courses, books. I don't have any assets at that time. So I was selling other people's products for a commission, basically. And then I was trying to build up capital to get into uh, drop shipping and branding and stuff like that. I first started when I was in college, I was broke. I had like 3K, right? I was working at a TLJ. It's like a, it's like a bakery, like a Korean bakery. And then that's when I, I, went, I was tired of like working there like 12 hours every day. So I looked up how to make money online. And then the first thing that popped up was uh, affiliate marketing. I studied, you know, I studied this space for like two, three weeks and I launched my first campaign. So that's how I got started. So can you explain affiliate marketing? Because I, I feel like most people have heard of it and have either tried to dabble in it or at least read about it. I know I have. It was never something that I put much effort into, but affiliate marketing has grown a lot over the past you know, five years or so. A lot of people have dabbled into it. A lot of people have been successful. Some haven't. Can you dive into what it is exactly? Yeah. So basically, it's like if you go to other brands' websites, you can like sign up as an affiliate, like a like an influencer. So basically, whenever someone uses your link to purchase a product or like a brand's product, then you get commission, like fifteen percent, twenty percent, whatever it is. So back in twenty sixteen, I was running a lot of Facebook ads. You know. I did a little, little bit of a like gray hat, black hat stuff, but the money was good. Like it was, I was making like one to 2000 per day profit in like, uh, while I was in college. So I was like, yo, college is not for me. And then I dropped out sophomore year of college. I was making that time. I was making like three, three grand per day profit. The money was good, but I wanted to build something long-term, like something I, like I wanted to own, like an asset, like a brand. So that's when I started looking into uh, drop shipping. I set up my own store, hired some people with the, the money I saved up. So affiliate marketing has been, it's been, uh, been around for a while, but it's just, it's basically for cash flow. I would say, you know, you don't own any assets, nothing long-term. How difficult is it to, to get into affiliate marketing space? Uh, right now, I mean, if you have a platform or if you have any experience uh, like running ads on like, native ads, Facebook, you know, YouTube should be pretty easy, but it requires a lot of testing. Affiliate marketing is all about testing. So you, you're, te you're basically testing offers, like testing which products sell, like which courses sell. There's a lot of like these days, 
a lot of uh, affiliates on like crypto, like crypto plays, stuff like that. So I would say affiliate marketing is one of the easiest ways to uh, gain, get cash flow going. Huh, that's interesting. I wish, I wish I looked into it more back then. So when you, when you did affiliate marketing, did you like find a mentor for it? Did you just do a bunch of research and YouTube videos and learning it on your own? Basically trial and error. I looked up a lot of videos online and uh, there's a lot of forums back then actually too, like uh, stack that money. There was like a couple, like two more. I forgot to name. It's been it's a couple years back, but I also had a mentor in New York. He used to, he used to be an advertiser. He used to own a brand and I used to run ads for him as an affiliate. Oh, interesting. But it's, uh, it's pretty easy to get into affiliate marketing. It's just getting something to stick is the, is the hard part. When you're getting into affiliate marketing, you obviously have to find the products, right? So do you reach out to these companies and basically- Yeah, so, there, that? yeah so there's a lot of affiliate, uh, affiliate programs and also affiliate networks. There's like A4D, you know, there's a lot of affiliate networks. If you just type in uh, affiliate networks for beginners, it, it should show up. And then there's a lot of like uh, advertisers that promote, that want you to promote their product. You would also be assigned a- uh, the affiliate networks would also assign you a, uh, a rep, a rep that like gives you offers saying like, oh, these are working well, these products sell well. So it's like, it's all like connection based. Interesting. Okay. So how did you get into starting your own brand then? So in 2016, I started affiliate marketing around like mid 2018 is when I started drop shipping. And then that's, that's when the real hard part comes in. That's when you like, you build a site, you, you have to learn how to run ads. You have to, you have to learn how to optimize the landing page conversions, all that stuff. So that's, so in 2018, I started drop shipping like a bunch of products and this is all through like testing. Like you, you, you can't know which products sell, but there's a lot of spy tools these days, you know, like adspy.com, like using the Facebook search, you can search trending products on Amazon, Reddit. I mean, there's tons of ways to test products. So that's when I started selling beauty products because I see I, when I was on a uh, back then, everyone was selling like these uh, black blackhead removers and stuff like that, like hair serums. So my brand is based off, uh, I was selling a hair serum in back in a couple years ago and that was doing like, you know, it just suddenly hit. I was doing like 4,000, 5,000 profit per day. And there was so much demand. I was searching on like Google Trends, Amazon, like trending women's products. So my products are like all like hair based, you know, like girl hair growth based, like eyelash serums, uh, eyebrow serums. When I started dropshipping, it was a private label product in, based in uh, China. When that started hitting, I was like, oh, that's when I hit up one of my uh, dropshipping guys, like my mates. And then I asked him if you, you want to partner up, uh, build a brand. I have a there's like this uh, hot selling product that we can brand. And then, I mean, we didn't know anything about, we had no experience in the beauty industry. We just knew how to run ads on Facebook. So that's when we uh, reached out to like factories in China saying like, oh, we want to turn this into a brand. We, we have like, we had, a, we had like 30K like combined back then. And then we said, uh, can we put our logo on it? You know, have, make our own ingredients. And then, yeah, that's when it started uh, popping off. Well, that's crazy. I know dropshipping is actually very difficult to get into. I've definitely looked more into dropshipping than I did affiliate marketing back then, but dropshipping is, is hard. Like there's a really tough barrier to entry in the industry and yeah. because everyone's doing it too. It's so, it's so saturated now. 
you'll always see like these YouTube videos and these gurus talking about drop shipping and selling these courses. Uh, I actually paid for this guy who would set up a Shopify store. This was actually just, it was actually last year, 2020. So I paid for this guy who said that he would set up Shopify store and they would test products obviously and, and see what hits. And one of my friends put me on because his clients were hitting pretty hard, actually. They, they were making probably two to three K a month. Uh, and that was pretty good for a starter store. I decided to go for it, put in 15 grand, three, four months down the road, one order, one <sighs> single order. And at that point, I'm just like, this is not going to work out. It was probably, I think I did it in either April or May. And it was probably September, October that came around. And I just said, dude, this is not going to work. <laughs> like I put in 15K. I've only gotten one order. That's it. And these are random products too that they're putting on the website. So initially they, the reasons why his previous clients were doing so well is because number one, they started early. So what happened was that he would market different products on Facebook and Google and things like that, that would lead you to the website. And on the website, they're selling N95 masks. And that's where the bulk of the revenue was coming from. But by the time I started up the store, masks were, weren't that limited anymore as it was compared to a couple months ago. Like it was a huge difference. And I never got a sale on, on the masks because on Facebook, you're not actually allowed to advertise masks. You can't sell masks, right? So they, they kind of use a loophole just to advertise all the products. And then first thing you see when you get to the website, the first product is a mask. <laughs> And, but then I never got any other orders in. I didn't get a single order for a mask either. So at that point, I just said, look, just close it out. Because at the end of the day, his goal for his clients was to build up enough revenue. And after 12 months, you would resell a store. Because you know how you can go on Shopify. You can actually resell your stores if you have good revenue and, and, and a good brand and people yeah. buy it off of you. So that was a whole goal of, of that program. And obviously that never happened. So I ended up getting refunded 50% and I lost 7,500 on that for no reason, basically. But it was a learning lesson because at the end of the day, you know, you can't just really trust everyone who's going to give you something that seems too good to be true. But I also think that my timing in starting it was bad. If I had started it probably two months ago, it would have been much better, but I hesitated on it for a long time before I decided to do it. So that was that. But dropshipping is, is tough because... You can test dozens of different products, right? And I've done some research where, for example, if you want to go on Amazon, you want to find products that, that aren't saturated, right? And you want to find products that don't have, let's say, 2,000 reviews because you can't really compete with them. So you want to find like a, there's a certain criteria of products based on their price and the number of reviews from the other competitors that are selling it. And that's going to be that sweet spot, you know, but there, it's a lot of trial and error. So on your end, I think it was very fortunate for you because you got into the beauty industry. This is never going to go away for beauty. And even during COVID, everyone started shopping online for beauty. Like no one's going into Sephora. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think at the end of the day as well with dropshipping, it's, it's all about marketing because if you don't know how to market it, you're not going to be able to sell it. That's true. I mean, we got kind of lucky with our first, uh, our first product that we decided to brand, you know, after we branded this product, we tried running another dropshipping store, but that actually failed. We put in like, you know, we set up everything to make it, to have everything automated. We invested like, uh, like 50 grand on just a team, but then drop shipping these days is so saturated and hard. I mean, you can still do it. I can give tips on like how to find products, but it's so hard these days. I started 
when I, uh, back in like 20, yeah, 2018, 2017, it was so easy. Like you could run the same products and make a couple grand per day and profit. But these days, like everything is like uh, Facebook updated and Facebook is a lot more strict now. So you can't run stuff that you could have ran before, like on Facebook, like advertising. So we, yeah, we ran some like aggressive stuff. Like you can't run like before and after on Facebook. So there's a lot of like, yeah, roadblocks and drop shipping. There's so much to it. Like there's payment processors that you have to worry about. So if you suddenly scale from like 1K revenue per day to like, let's say 10K, you would have like payment processors like Stripe, PayPal, they'll contact you. They'll ask for you like all your business information. Like, how are you shipping these products? What's your estimate revenue for the year? All, all that stuff. So been getting really tough these days. I can only imagine it's getting even tougher because of COVID. Like every, everyone's starting a business at home. <laughs> People are selling random things. People are like making all these different products. And on TikTok, for example, there's a bunch of people that, that sell rugs, like custom rugs. They just go buy the materials, they make the rug at home, and then they sell it on, on TikTok or Etsy. I think that especially with getting into saturated markets, it's, it's going to be even tougher just as a barrier of entry, but it's also going to be tougher on, on the payment processor side because they're becoming more strict on that. Yeah. Yeah. But with your four sheet brand, I see that you guys actually sell a lot of different things. I see you sell lashes here too. Yeah. So that's our first product that we actually uh, launched the eyelash serum. And then oh, we launched the eyebrow serum. And then, you know, from there we launched the mascara. We launched uh, the lash kit. Yeah. So, but we have a lot of things coming uh, this year as well. So when you choose these products, like for example, this eyelash enhancing serum for $29, how did you come about to use that product and sell that product? Like, did you speak to anyone in the cosmetics industry? Did you like ask friends or any other businesses? Yeah. So this product was actually, uh, it's a private label product based in China. So this was the product that I was selling back in 2018 uh, with my partner. We were drop shipping it, but it was like, a, it was a Chinese product. It was Chinese labels and everything. So I mean, it was selling like crazy and, you know, it's an evergreen product. It's never going to get out of trend. Like a lot of girls, I think I would say like 50% of the girls you actually like, they're interested in using this. You know, we just reached out to some factories in uh, China, got some uh, costs. And then we just put up, we just put up the MLQ was like 10,000 units. I mean, we had 10K back then. I mean, each, like each unit was like a dollar. So we put in an order. We hired a graphic designer and then we just, let's just launch a brand. And then we just built this website real quick for Sheiks. I mean, before this, I mean, the website was like, it was really bad. So that's when we started the brand. And then from there, we branched off. We were building a, a customer base. And then we have like, we have a couple of thousand subscribers now, like returning customers. So that's pretty good for us. So we just started like, now our focus is mainly a product expansion. Wow. So it's a dollar per, per. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Okay. It, so. it depends on the depends on the ingredients, you know, like like right now we're reformulating, so the price may go up a bit. I mean, it depends on the supplier, like how like how close you are with the factory, like how long you've been working with them. It's, yeah, it's all about connections. Interesting. So you you started off with with private label. So were you white labeling it basically for yourself using the yeah, product? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So if anyone doesn't know what white labeling is, it basically some companies and, and some factories, you can actually sell their products under your own label. So you can actually start your own brand with it and then sell it. It is probably, you can let me know if I'm right or wrong, but I think it's actually one of the better ways to do so. 
especially if you're trying to start a brand and sell products, because this is something that's already created, depending on the company that you're going with, they probably already have a reputation for their products. So if you're white labeling something, it actually benefits you more because most of the work is done. You're not starting from scratch and trying to create a brand new product. I went to Japan in 2019 and we actually visited, a, I forgot what the place was called. It was, I think it was Uji, someplace in Japan where they're known for their matcha. And we actually went into to a matcha store and they actually allowed customers to, you can contact them and inquire about white labeling their, their matcha powder, which was dope because they also have different matcha powders actually very famous in, in Japan. So if you were to start your own matcha brand, or I actually thought of starting a, a matcha cafe, you could actually utilize their products and then sell it as your own brand, which is awesome because everything is already done. You just have to put in the work for starting the actual brand. <laughs> I want to go deeper into your ROI. Obviously, it seems because every, everyone, when, when people think of dropshipping, when they, people think of industries like affiliate marketing as well, they think it's, it's like a get rich quick, right? But most of the people don't understand that it's actually very hard, especially like we said earlier of how saturated the market is. Because if you're not hitting the right product, you can test dozens of products before you get the right one, which could also mean a lot of money on the table. What is your ROI like and what types of losses did you see or if any, uh, when you first started? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of costs like that come into play when you uh, first start a brand, you know, there's a lot of apps on uh, Shopify that you got to pay for. There's uh, ads is probably like takes up probably 50% of your expense. The Shopify platform itself is a fee. Clavio, like uh, email marketing, you know, Slack when you build a team customer service platform, G Suite. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, cost. I would say for uh, ROI, the net, 20% is great. Like after all costs, like day, per day, 20% is great. When, when I first started dropshipping, I mean, it was so easy. We were getting like 30, 40% net. So if you were making like 10K revenue per day, we would be making like three to four grand profit. So these days, I mean, it's, it's gotten a lot harder You know, a lot of competitors all that so you just have to learn how to run ads our net margin i would say it's floating around like 20 percent. so that's uh it's, it's a pretty great margin when you first started this it was by yourself then you found a partner how many people do you have on the team now right now we have 13 but wow. then we have a bunch of uh you know vas and uh like virtual assistants oh, virtual assistants yeah philippines we also also launched like an agency that helps brands grow their you know grow their store like social media marketing and all that stuff. So we have a, we have a warehouse, like a studio in Malaysia. It's like, Oh, wow. Interesting. So like, yeah. So if any, any of you guys want to get started, I can help you with a product photography and all that stuff. You want to launch your first brand. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then I see on your website at the bottom, you guys have a bunch of different Instagram posts from, from people. So do you find these influencers? Do you reach out to them saying, Hey, want you guys to try out the product or you provide like a promo code that they can use? For their followers yeah so our main focus right now is actually influencers that's how i mean facebook is great too but we actually we use content from influencers called a ugc it's called a user generated content and then we get dm these influencers or they dm us and then you know i have my uh manager contact them go through negotiation you know send contracts all that stuff and then they send us you know videos like this on our instagram and then we use these customer videos as ads on Facebook, you know, YouTube. And then that's how we run ads these days. 
I definitely think that's like the best way now, especially nowadays. And when yep. you're talking about a beauty product, <laughs> you just get influencers to talk about the product, show videos of them using it. Uh, it's, it's similar to what Curology is doing now too. Right. Yeah. So I would say when you first start a brand, I would say influencers is the way to go. There's a lot of, uh, you know, websites like billow.app. It's like, it's a really good website. You guys should write it down. That's where you get a lot of influencers. So you just send, it's like 50 per video from an influencer when you first launch your brand and then you, you say, Hey, can I, can I ship you this product? And can you make like a short video, like short 30 second to 60 second video? And, and then you use their content and then you hire like the video editor, or if you, if you're not a video edit yourself, you can put these uh, videos together and create an ad and oh, run wow. it on Facebook, YouTube. That's crazy. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I see that you guys also have the affiliate program there too. So people can sign up for that. Yeah. It's a, uh, so this affiliate program is bringing us like a couple thousand per day. So it's wow. Obviously, we're hearing about all the good stuff, right? <laughs> On your while you were starting off and you did really well with affiliate marketing, it kind of set you up to be able to to do everything else. Yeah. What are some failures or challenges that you faced while you were trying to run this brand? And I would say payment processors was a headache, and you know. During like Q4, when it gets crazy, like all everyone's trying to ship, everyone's buying, you know, gifts for you know, Christmas, New Year's, and all that. That's when you that's when you can run into problems. Like your supplier, they won't they won't be able to ship it out in time. It would take like three, four weeks for the customers to receive their products. And then that's when you get a lot of complaints from customers saying, Oh, I haven't received this product. I ordered it like three, four, like two months ago. And then that's when they call like, you know, PayPal your, or like Stripe, like your payment processors. And then that's when they dispute against your, uh, against the sale saying like, they didn't ship me the product. And then you run into problems with the payment processors saying like, they're going to shut you down if you don't get your dispute rate low, you have to solve this, you know, ASAP. So that was like our biggest hurdle. And then we probably missed out on like a couple hundred thousand dollars in profit during those times, like Q4, dealing with suppliers. Yeah, so I would say the most important thing is the backend stuff, you know? Marketing, all that, you can just learn, you could hire someone, but like payment processors, like having connections, like knowing how to scale is the most important thing. Because if you don't have a payment processor, you can't, you know, you can't transact, there's no transaction. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've heard uh, stories about Q4 times where people just start charging back all of their their purchases because they're not getting in time was it easy for you during covid or was it a lot more difficult actually covid wasn't that bad for us because you know it's an e-commerce store everyone's home and they're they're trying to buy stuff online they have nothing to do you know so i mean a lot of retail stores i know they were struggling but yeah our store was pretty uh, stable during covid so well, your, your suppliers never faced any production delays luckily we I would say like a one to two week delay, but after that, it was all good. So like there's some suppliers that, you know, try to work harder to get your orders out during COVID. I mean, yeah, back like during COVID, it was hard, but you have like a good connection with them and you ask them, oh, like we really need these shipped, stuff like that. They would go behind and ship some orders out, stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's fortunate for you because most of the, even for me, when I was doing reselling last year, I was able to do a lot of reselling for products and sell for hundred to 300% profit because of the production delays. So I was selling dumbbells. I was selling pools. I was selling webcams. 
because everything was delayed and, and no one was able to, to purchase anymore. But I guess for you guys, it was pretty fortunate being that your suppliers didn't really face that, that same dilemma. Yeah, got kind of lucky. So when it comes to your suppliers, then do you work with multiple suppliers based on the products or do you still have that one factory that you've been working with? Yeah. So uh, in 2018, that's like when I first started dropshipping, we had a, uh, I had a supplier and back in China, he was, he was like, he was like an agent. So he would source the products for me. He would, uh, he would do, he would do everything. He was like a third uh, 3PL. So he would source the product, package it, you know, ship it out, all that stuff. So it's pretty easy to find a lot of them on, a lot of them are on uh, Facebook, you know, Facebook groups, Facebook e-commerce groups, drop shipping, stuff like that. I'm still working with him since uh, back since 2018. So he does all of that stuff. Oh, so you, you found him through Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Cause I know most of the time when you're getting into drop shipping, you basically choose based off, for example, like AliExpress mm-hmm. and you contact them, you tell them what you want and then you test the products and see if they're good. And then that's basically how you build that initial relationship. So that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that they were all over Facebook. That's good to know. It's kind of different because the guys on Facebook, they're agents. So they don't, they're not factory owners, the factory owners and like people like that, they're on uh, AliExpress, Alibaba. That's like, you, you know, you just search up the product you're looking for on Alibaba and then you communicate with them through that platform. And that those are the factory owners, but then you also need a shipping agent, someone who's going to be able to ship it from China to the U S so there are two, two different people. But then, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you need you need a factory and you need a shipping agent. Got it. You're obviously in cosmetics and it's been working well for you. How many products did you have to go through before you decided on the beauty industry? Like, were you selling things outside of the beauty industry before that? Couple, you know, like outdoors, outdoor stuff, but like you know, kitchen, houseware. But uh, beauty was like our the biggest. You know, we're getting the best results from beauty, and that's when I said, okay, we'll just go all in beauty test products from beauty, the beauty niche. So we were testing like, you know, this, that lash serums, this don't like concealers, like blackhead removers. So we're basically going through a Facebook spy tools and finding and testing as much beauty products as possible. Back to, I mean, I would say you have to test like, you know, 50, 200 products. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> On like one or two winners. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stupid hard right now. Do you plan on just, sticking to 100% e-commerce or do you plan on taking your brand and selling it into other cosmetic stores? Yeah, so my partner and I decided to grow grow this brand a bit more. I mean, say a couple of years and then sell it. I mean, our goal is to sell it for like 100 mil, but you mean selling the whole brand? Yeah, selling the brand and then we're trying to build other brands too. Wow. So, yeah, we're just doing we're just building brands, selling it, exit. That's that's our plan. That's insane. That's crazy. In what, three, four years right now? Wow. That's crazy. So <laughs> do you plan on, are you looking into any other products currently to start? Right now, uh, I mean, we're mo- mostly focused in the beauty niche, but uh, we also want to branch out. So, I mean, we haven't been doing much uh, product research yet, like outside of beauty, but yeah, that's the next step. Got it. Okay. What advice can you provide to the listeners that are looking to get into e-commerce or, or dropshipping? And I would say, uh, first you need to build up some capital. And then I would say you can try dropshipping, but these days it's so hard. I would just say, go straight for the brand after doing a little bit of product research, you know, 
as long as you can market the product better than your competitors, you're going to be profitable. So yeah, save up like what, five to 10 grand. And then actually it depends on the product you're selling, but man, it's so hard to give advice these days because it's, it's really hard, but I would say you can first start drop shipping, I guess, with like a, like 10 products do a lot of research on, uh, before you launch anything, you should do a lot of research, uh, product research, spy tools like ads by Amazon, Reddit, see what's trending, see like what's hot, and then look on aliexpress.com and then start drop shipping some products and then see what sticks. It's all about testing. How would someone go about choosing the industry? Like, obviously there's, there's a lot of observations that you need to look into, right? I, I know one of them is utilizing Google Trends and see what types of products are trending. So when the uh, the fidget spinners became a thing, like people were killing it with that. Yeah. And if you got in early before the fidget spinners really started blowing up, you were good throughout that whole time. But at the same time, trends die, right? So obviously fidget spinners aren't really a thing anymore. I think it's important to also be a bit more nimble mm-hmm. and Choosing a product such as yours, for example, is a good way because there's longevity in that industry. People are never going to stop buying beauty products. That, that's a fact. But I think it's also adapting to learning about new products and what people are using nowadays and what's changing within the industry. Yeah. So what you also can do is like, you know, go on Amazon, see what's trending, find a product, go to the comment section and then look up some like negative reviews, you know, see what's bad about the product. And then try to think of ways how you can improve that product and then brand it, brand it as your own instead of, you know, just, just private labeling a Chinese product. So look, look at some like trending products, like evergreen products that can, you know, that you can sell for like years and then see, see what the negative thing about it is, like what people are saying. Like, like, for example, let's say I'm running a cosmetic product and they're saying, oh, like the glue isn't sticking well, like on, on your eyelashes. The glue isn't sticking well. That, that's when you, you know, you, get, you write those down, like the pain points, you know, what people are struggling with and then see how you can improve it and then communicate with your, you know, once you find your factory, communicate with the, the factory to see how you can improve that product and then brand it as your own. You know, it's still something different. Just build on top of what's working. So find like a working product, find some negative things about it and then improve on it. And then, you know, that's how you start your brand. That's actually really good. <laughs> I actually never thought about it that way. Finding negative reviews and, and seeing how you can improve on it. That's good. Yeah. When was your moment where you said, this is it. This is what's going to get me my McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> drop. I made some good money off drop shipping, but then like once it started hitting, like our sales kept going up. Like I, I knew it wasn't going to last forever because a lot of people were selling the same stuff, you know, the same eyelash serum, the same, like the, uh, the Chinese product. So that's when like, we decided to brand the product. At first, it wasn't this pro the, the drop shipping product, the Chinese label one was actually selling like five times more than four streaks, like my brand itself. Even though it was the same product with my logo, drop shipping product was doing much better. It was performing a lot better for a couple months, but then you know, we didn't give up. So we just kept utilizing influencers, running more ads, creating more content. We set up like a lot of photo shoots and and in Los Angeles back then, I was in LA. So we, I DM some models saying like, oh, we just launched a, a beauty brand. Like I'll pay, you know, this much to do a photo shoot with us. And then 
yeah, that's when we just went all in. And then a couple months later, we started seeing like, like massive profit, profit, you know, like a couple mil. <laughs> all right. So what I'm going to do, Han, is I'm going to look at the reviews for your products and then I'm going to find some bad reviews and then I'm going to go get a product that I can fix and improve on yours. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I think honestly, th this conversation makes me want to try to get back into it because I feel when I was looking into it, one, obviously with last year with doing that whole dropping drop shipping thing didn't really work out. I kind of just completely threw everything to the side and, and forgot about it. But it's funny how even this industry now, as easy as it sounds coming from Han and most of you guys know his success and how much he's made from this, but it's not easy. Like you have to put in a shit ton of work to find the right product. And if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know how to advertise a product or market it, you're not going to succeed because when it comes to selling products, everything is about marketing. Obviously your product still has to be good, but at the end of the day, if you're not doing the right marketing and you're not reaching the right people, your product isn't going to be successful. And I see this all around Instagram too. So if you guys are whoever's into fitness, you guys might be familiar with brands such as 10,000. Uh, they, they sell like shorts and other athletic apparel. You might also be familiar with a brand called ASRV. They're also fitness apparel. And these two brands, I remember when they first started popping up on my Instagram feed with ads almost every day. And ASRV, when I first saw them, their apparel looked pretty dope. Uh, it would be something that I would buy, but I knew it was just another, you know, brand that was trying to, to market and sell the products. But that was probably, I think two years ago when I first started seeing their advertisements, they'd blown up since then. I think if I pull up Instagram now, I think they have, ASRV has over 1.2 million followers now on, on Instagram. And I remember seeing their ads when they first started and I was like, oh, this looks dope, but I'm not really going to buy it because you never really know, at least for me personally, you never really know the, the quality of apparel until you actually feel it in person or wear it. But it's insane to see these brands grow. And at the end of the day, it's all about marketing. So even with these fitness brands, you start off with Instagram marketing, then you find other influencers within the fit, fitness industry to start wearing your brand and then selling the brand that way. It's very similar, but at the end of the day, it's all about work ethic and not giving up, right? You need to have that grit when it comes to starting an e-commerce brand. Um, and if you fail, a you know, first couple of times, it's fine. But if you quit, then you're never going to see that success or even get anywhere close to that. So you have to keep, keep going at it. Yeah. A lot of people just test like 10 products and then they just give up. I mean, it doesn't work like that. You have to test, you have to test 50 hundreds that test a lot, but you know, the thing is, you know, everyone has like limited capital when you first start, when you first start. So I mean, this is a whole different topic but on Facebook ads, but you should spend probably like 50 to 100 per product on, uh, on testing. And then you move on quick, see what sticks. If it's trash, just move on. So do you typically, do you have a, a time frame of when you, like how long you run your ads before you give up and move on? Yes, right, right now, everything is outsourced. I, mean, I, touch, I touch a little bit of ads here and there, but back in 2018, we were testing uh, like two, three products per week. And we were spending a minimum like 100, 100 to 200 per product. And then we would look at the stats. If it's, if it's bad, we would kill it, move on. But yeah, it was, it's a whole different, whole, whole different topic. I mean, we can talk about it uh, next time, I guess. Yeah.
on ads. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So do you have, before we end the call, do you have any advice that you want to provide to everyone listening? I would say <laughs> just don't give up after testing, like, you know, five to 10 products. If you really want to make it work, it's, it's going to work. You just have to learn to improve, you know, number one product has to be good. Number two, your marketing, your Facebook ads, YouTube ads, you just know how to just, just research online on YouTube. That's, that's how I got my first, uh, you know, how to run ads on Facebook. I searched online on YouTube, how to run uh, drop shipping ads. Then all the basic stuff is there. After that, it's all trial and error. It's, it's all on you. You can't just follow someone, you know, follow their exact strategy. It's not gonna work. So I would say, yeah, focus on, focus on uh, finding pain points, like negative reviews on products that like, you know, like trending products and then go from there. I'm going to meet up with you someday and then I'm going to borrow your McLaren so I can take you for a ride around. Sure. <laughs> Ready. By the way, people are curious. I actually forgot to ask this earlier. How old are you now? Uh, uh, I'm 19, 1996, 24. You're 24. Wow. Imagine that. Zero to $20 million in sales at 24 years old. That's insane. I hope, I hope you're, uh, you're buying real estate now. <laughs> with that money actually bought one property like <laughs> nice yeah definitely definitely focus on that cool thank you so much for joining the call han i really appreciate this and i think a lot of people especially those who, who have been thinking about e-commerce or have tried dabbling in it like myself would be very interested in listening to this so really glad that you came on thank you for for joining and we'll see you guys on the next episode sure thank you doug <laughs>